Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, is your brother, Pastor Chida Jacob, and here this morning to share with you today's episode of our ongoing fellowship with the world. I'm sure that a lot of people who approached who approach God, who approach the scriptures, who approach religion, do so in order to find meaning or to help them, you know, get over their challenges as a way to get out of um, their predicament or issues and stuff like that. And I've said it many times. Uh, so many of us began by, first of all, seeing God as a way to escape hell or escape poverty or escape all these other things. But, you know, like Nicodemus who came to Jesus seeking for knowledge, he got life. The essence of the scripture is to give us life. And when we get that life, suddenly every other thing begins to fall in place. Don't forget that. I wanted to start with that this morning, but let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful. You are our Father. We are your sons. And thank you for this fellowship that can never be broken. Thank you for this oneness that can never ever be broken thank you for this eternal union we have in you as sons thank you for your love that continues to cascade over us that is already your love for us is already settled you have given us your righteousness you have anointed us you have blessed us daddy thank you from our heart we say to you we are grateful and daddy i know that we are in your hands and nothing ever, ever can separate us from you. Thank you that no one is powerful enough and nothing is powerful enough to remove us from your hand. Oh, what a place of safety we have found in you. Thank you, precious Father. Oh, you are abundantly faithful to, com to have completed everything you began for us. Thank you, you saw us in advance. Thank you, you have created our path in advance. Thank you, you have designed the good works in advance. Lord, we are so grateful that our hearts are opening, Lord, to receive. That we will come to you with an open heart to receive all that we are, to absorb all that we are, to know who we are, and to walk and to do the good works for which you have called us. Precious Daddy, we thank you. We give you praise. Oh, we give you glory. We exalt you, Father. We magnify you. And everyone who prayed as, son, as a son to the Father this morning will join your voice with me, your brother, and to say amen and amen and amen. Sir, ma, brother, sister, uncle, auntie, remember, when a son of man realizes that he is the son of God, that man is now passed from death to life. Because the destination of a son of man is death. Sons of God don't die. We have eternal life. And don't forget, when you hear me say these things, you've got to think beyond what you have believed to be life and death. Don't forget our life with the Father is forever, forever, forever. He is our origin. He is also our destination. We, we, we may be here physically and not be here physically. Wherever we are, don't forget, He is our beginning. He is our origin. He is our destination. 
Oh, blessed be the name of our Father who has done these mighty things for us. And so don't forget what I said this morning, that a man is, a, is born again. It's not that that man went in front of a church and say he's a born again. A man becomes born again, that is born back to his origin. When that man realizes that more than a son of man, he is a son of God. Now divinity and humanity has now matched into place to produce the new man. And the Bible says that any man who is enfolded into Christ, that, man's, that means any son of man who is enfolded into the Son of God becomes the Son of God. The Bible said that man is a new creation. Don't forget about that. Beloved, you can see that all these things now makes perfect sense. As we have said over and over and over again, the person you are now, is a result of where you were born, what you have been fed, what you le- what you have learned so far. That is responsible for where you are now. And for you to escape this and live in another reality of life, you must be born again, Jesus said to Nicodemus. That means you must abandon the camp, the camp, detach, remove yourself from this natural cleanings and go back to your divine origin. Don't forget, that's why the Bible says, For this reason, a man shall leave his, uh, his, his, his family and be clinged to his wife, and both of them shall become one flesh. Don't forget, that is beyond marriage. What he's saying there is that a man should will abandon his natural origins. Remember, he said he will leave his father and mother. That means, remember, your life now began from, you thought that your life began from your father and mother. You know that your life did not begin there. Your, that was just another another phase of manifestation. Your life began, began in your father, right? And so, what does the what was the Bible telling us there? A man shall leave his natural origin, his natural environment, his natural conditioning, and then cling to the Spirit of God where he came from from the beginning. And he and the Spirit, he and the Father, he and the Son becomes one and they are inseparable. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is what it means when he said that they ought to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son. Remember, he didn't say the name of Jesus or Yeshua, but he says the name of the Son, the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Everything comes together. And what does, how do we cling to the Holy Ghost? That we yield to his teaching. We give ourselves over to his instruction. And so that he leads us back fully to where we ought to be. Don't forget, I've been reading the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3. And let me wrap that reading up now by reading verse number 18. Of course, I've read this scripture almost throughout this year. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number 18, just to buttress, just to add more, flesh more, what I just said to you now. He said, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. Don't forget, the veil of your community must be removed. The veil of religion must be removed. The veil of culture must be removed. The veil of your experience must be removed. You know, when people come and say, well, I'm like this, I'm like that. All that they they are saying is their natural conditioning. 
when people come to talk to you about you know uh, this happened i'm like this now i'm that now and that now now i'm not trying to uh, dismiss that that is reality but don't forget that is earthly reality there is a heavenly reality and what the holy ghost is doing for you and i is to remove us from the heavenly reality and put us in the heavenly reality even though our physical body is moving on earth that is it. We are here, but we are not of here. We came from our Father, who is both our origin and our destination. Don't forget, he is in me. He is in you. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So now we will draw close to him with our veil removed. What we have done is to draw close to him with our faces covered with the veil. The veil of religion, right? The veil of religion. Okay, let me give you an example of how these things are sometimes. Somebody ran into me in the party office a few weeks ago and the person said, Hey, Pastor, are you also a politician? Think about that. Why did he say that? Because he has, he has put me into a box, right? I'm into a box. And now because I'm in that box, I cannot do something else. I said to him, brother, I am not a politician and I will never be, but I am here doing good works because I have been created to do good works. Don't forget that. I said to him that as a pastor in this city of Abuja, I have carried a church member who had an accident to a hospital. And when I got there, and first of all, I'm not a medical person, but you know that there are special ways to handle an accident victim. All that is even thrown to the wind. The lady is dragged here and there. Everybody is trying to help only to be dragged to the hospital. And they said, well, uh, she needs this x-ray, but uh, we have the machine. And, but the person who is supposed to do it is not here. So, you know, and, and what I'm telling you is getting 9, 10 p.m. in the night now. Uh, oh, no, we need to carry her to somewhere else. And, uh, you know, a lot a lot more damages could have been caused in, in the same place. But I know that this things ought not to be. Those things ought not to be. Those things that has become normal here ought not to be, right? You know, so a matter that can be solved now becomes escalated just because of things. I said to him, how can I care? How can I claim to love the people around me, telling them how beautiful heaven is, why they are living on hell, in hell here, with few things that can be adjusted? I said, no. So anywhere I go, I see opportunity to do good works. I go there, do it. I'm not a politician. I will never be one. But for the sake of those I care for, for my own sake, you know, I get involved in some certain things. But why did he think it terrible? Because he has classified me as a Christian. So a Christian should not be in a place where uh, policies are made. You know, I should just be in church and then don't worry about the policies. But when they make the bad policies and those, those bad policies doesn't work, then it becomes the reason I'm doing night vigil. It becomes the reason I'm believing more in devil and Satan and demon than I believe in Jesus. The result of the bad policies. You know, when I tell, so when I say to people, it is good we celebrate that you got a job. It is good that we celebrate that you got a university admission. But don't forget, those things ought not to be supernatural happening. They're, not, they're supposed to be normal things if things are done correctly. And so, but think about it. Why did this man make that statement? Because already he had put me into a box. Sir, 
for us to excel, for us to do well. And, and people will tell you, well, how, how can a Christian do this kind of business? Oh, how can a Christian uh, do this? And today, there are many jobless fellows. There are many people who have lost track with their talent, lost track with their giftings, lost track with the gift that God has given to them because they call themselves Christians. So if you're a Christian, that means you cannot do this, you cannot go here. But that's why I said to you, sir, we have to come with our eyes open, veil removed. We can see the fullness of it that God did not. Oh, by the way, by the way. Let me say this to you. I know it might sound controversial, but understand. God did not send anybody here to go and convert a man from one religion to another. Nope. God did not send any man here to go and convert one person from another one religion to another. If you look at all religions, they all have one thing in common. is full of laws and the rules and regulations. And if you can keep these reg regulations well, then your own God will bless you and make sure that you're okay. And if it doesn't, it's the same thing, it's the same underlying factor. So what is the purpose of converting an individual from one religion to another? And Jesus never ever did that. What Jesus was trying to do, he was never to convert a man from one religion to another. No, what he was trying to do is to bring them by the, to the family of God by making them see themselves, see God as their father. Now, I will come back to conclude Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But, but if, you, if you want to understand what I'm telling you, go grab the book of Matthew, right? Uh, the book of Matthew chapter 6, if you read from verse 5, look at the careful way Jesus was introducing sonship to them. Jesus says, whenever you pray, be sincere and not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in the meetings and on the street corners. You, you know them, you know, you know when, you know, uh, um, you, ah, the prayer, man, the prayer is in Greek, the prayer is in King James English, oh, thou father who dwelleth thou in heaven, come down and help thy children. You know, and then we have to quote scriptures. We have to fix these things. Uh, what, what are we trying to do? We are trying to sound nice. We are trying to sound spiritual. <laughs> Jesus called them pretenders. <laughs> he said, believe me, they have already received their reward. Why, why did they receive their reward? Because people say, wow, this man can pray. Wow, this man is a prayer warrior. Now, wow. Right now, look at what it says. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God. He calls, he tells them, Father God. It's not just about the prayer here. It's the identity he's giving to them. Don't pretend. Don't act. Don't get into all those dramatic things. No. He said, when you pray, be quiet because your father is with you. You are in your father. You don't have to come and shout for everybody to say. He said, go inside and pray to your father God, praying to him in secret. And your father, again, he tells them, I'm showing you this to show you how many times he was trying to tell them that God is their father and they are his sons. By the way, remember when I say son of God, or when the Bible says son of God, is the same thing as children of God, right? But why, why did the Bible maintain son of God, right? Is to tie the whole thing to the identity of the first son, the son of God, Jesus Christ. So, so that we are not mistaken, all right? Okay, now he says, praying to him in secret, and your father again, who sees all you do will reward you openly. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases again, Repeat empty phrases. Sir, is this, are these not the things we do in church? 
we, we, we repeat and say things over and over. And the more we do it like that, we believe that we are spiritual. You know, God is closer. You are doing that because you don't know you are talking to your father. No, but imagine your child coming to ask you for something. And he says, he comes to you in the morning and say, uh, Mommy, I want to drink pop. I want to drink pop. I want to drink pop. Pop, 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 pop. I want to drink pop. And then he finds another name. Mommy, I need, I mean, I mean, pap, akamu, I need, akamu, 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 mommy, akamu, 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 and then he goes there, he say, oh, custard, 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 mommy, custard, mommy, custard, mommy, custard, mommy, custard, you will, you will stand and start looking for, maybe their temperature is high or something else is high. Why will a person do that? Because you don't know the person you are talking to is God, you are, is your father, you have formed a religion that makes you think he will answer you you because you are shouting, because you are crying, because you are repeating words over and over and over again. He says, no, when you prayed, there is no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles here? Why do the Gentiles pray in this way, right? This also, this also showed that the Gentiles used to pray to God, right? But he says, why do they pray with empty phrases? Because they don't know him as father. He says, but for they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Isn't that what we do? That's what we are taught to do. If I pray with many words, if I go to a place and say, Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, Daddy, because you are a good God and you have loved us with a love that is everlasting. We, we, we thank you because our eyes will see this. We thank you because you have blessed us with all things. And I say, Amen and Amen. You know, I'm going to look a little more unspiritual or a little more unserious pastor than the one that will come and start to shout oh father oh father and you after you call him father you start to pray to him like he's your enemy you start to pray to him like you like he's angry you try to pray to him that no no they use many words for they didn't know that he's their father now he says there is no need to imitate them for listen to this there's no need to imitate them since your father look at a few phrases how many times jesus was calling god their father introducing them as sons he says your father remember these people have not at that time they have not believed but because they have not believed did not mean that god is not their father he says your father already knows what you need before you ask he say pray like this our beloved father look at just in few lines how many times jesus was calling god their father making them to know it was not about remember 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 like today right what we consider spirituality is the man who can pray and pray and you know somersault and uh, do backflip and uh, shout and yeah yell and uh, you know when we do all that stuff we say whoa oh this man that man is like the gentile he's doing that because he doesn't know god is is his father he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that, right? Jesus said, no, don't be like them, right? Don't be like them. He's your father. He already knows what you need. He got you here, buddy. He is the one who sent you here. He already knows what you need. You need to have a tete-a-tete, -a, -tete, a quiet conversation with your father in your heart. Come to a place, an agreement. That prayer is an agreement. Your father says, if your father says, you are my son. You say, thank you, daddy. I'm your son. You thank him. Two have agreed in one. Now, let me tidy up Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, just to put this in proper context. And it says, so with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. Now, so the only thing that will prevent you and I 
to reflect that glory is that our veil is covered. We preach so that the veil is removed. We minister so that the veil is removed. And when that veil is removed, you will brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. Now listen to this. We are being a process transfigured into his very image. What image? The son, the son's image, the son of God image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Now, listen to me very carefully. I'm reading this because what I'm reading now is being fulfilled in me and you. What the Holy Ghost is teaching you and I now is to transfigure us from being sons of man to sons of God. That's what is going on. Remember that this messages was given to us earlier this year and I began to say the glory is here. The glory is here. And I told you what the glory is here is the glory is a transforming glory. It's a transfiguring glory taking us and conforming us into, look at what it says, into his very image. That means exact image as the son of God. And so this is this prophecy that was given to us at the beginning of this year as we started the church, as we moved in the church this way, this year, is what is being fulfilled right before my eyes and your eyes. The Holy Ghost is using this word to transfigure you and I. Don't forget from sons of man or son of man to son of God. It is when we get there as sons of God, you and I have a new life. Now, just the way your old life was conditioned, now there's another set of conditioning that brings the full manifestation of who we are. Amen and amen. I hope this is getting clearer and clearer. You know, it's not it's not really complicated. This man, it takes theologians to confuse us and we were confused. And those confused is part of the veil that must be removed. Amen and amen. I'm going to stop here and it's been a pleasure sharing with you this morning from my heart, from the bottom of, from the, from, from the realm of the spirit. The words you heard this morning are not the words of man. They are the words of our father. And this is what he wants me to say. This is what he wants you to say. This is the message he wants us to preach to the Christian, to the Jew, to the Gentile, to the unbeliever, to the witch doctor. Don't forget, witch doctor is a result of environmental conditioning. Before a man became a witch doctor, that man was already a son of God. Finally, I will say this, and I was sharing this with somebody. It will make sense why God frowns us worshiping idols. It will make sense because for a man, for a, for a son of God to worship an idol is that that man has completely lost himself as a son of God, lost himself as a, even a son of man. I have degraded so low that he's now worshiping something that he made. You can see that shows how, that, that shows how like it's like, it's like, it's like bottom pot. How far we are falling away from our glory down to the place, down to the place where we who are gods on earth are now worshiping things that we, that we, that we created in, in our imaginations and in folk tales. Anyway, maybe one of these days I'll talk about that more. I just wanted to throw that in for you there. Don't forget, a man who realizes that he is the son of God, that man has been resurrected to life. That man has moved away from death to life. Welcome to life. That's why Jesus said, I came 
to give them life and to give them where that life overflows. May it continue to overflow in me and for overflowing you to reach everyone around me and everyone around you as we share this gospel of reconciliation, bringing all men back together to a single food as God our Father and we are his sons. Don't forget that glory is here. Spread the message as much as you can. And this morning, remember you have been served. Shalom.